We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. up everybody welcome back to another episode of talk of the tundra the green bay packers podcast on the eurostep podcast network and a proud partner of the blue wire family as always and much more energetic than i was after the season ended i am your host <laughs> numak and joining me once again is jordan tresky jordan how are you doing buddy doing well uh the packers have uh i guess <laughs> Got away from my uh, mindsets, my brain space, the storage like right here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't have to, I didn't have to think about this team in part because is there anything real significant to talk about? No, not really. Besides <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and a lack of moves from the, uh, from the team, but we will get into, uh, I, guess, I guess no news is the news, right, Jordan? Yeah, I don't know if it's that's good. No, I don't think it is either. But before we get into all of that stuff, we have some housekeeping business to tidy up with the cheese board. The cheese board was our season-long sort of way to gauge how everybody was doing on the team. Really enjoyed doing it. The uh, but we need one for the last game of the season, and boy howdy, I almost didn't give out any because it was not good. But the only person really earning a cheese in week 18 was 
our rookie wide receiver, Christian Watson. Five catches for six on six targets for 104 yards with a long of 45. So he did his job, if I were yes. to have an opinion on that. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers sure didn't earn one. Um, Aaron Jones didn't have the best game. Fumbled and that was kept under um, 100 yards total or 100 total yards. Al Lazard didn't really do much. Had one touchdown, but only four catches for 40 yards that way. Just not too much uh, going on in the offense, and then defense wasn't too much better. You could argue Quay Walker definitely deserves a, a minus cheese, but I'm just not willing to get into that at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that is it for the cheese board this week. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a second, but after 17 games, I guess do you want here here's a thought, Jordan. Should we list them all right now? Or do you want to have a brief discussion about each total amount as we go down? Like each player as we go down. Um like, do you want to t- go through them all right now and then go back up and talk about the sections? Or Yeah, let's do sections. Like Yeah. At tiers, if you will, yep. a cheese tier. So, I don't. Like, I can't tell how many tiers we have. We have uh, eleven, six, five, four, three, two, one, seven letters of the alphabet. I think that's too many for actual S tiers and things like that. So, <laughs> top tier, the premium cuts of cheese, the aged cheeses. We're getting way too far into this bit. Is Aaron Jones far and away the leader of the cheese board this season with eleven? Um. Clearly, the star throughout the season, most consistent, I'd say, even if it was consistently inconsistent from the yeah the uh, the coaching staff on how much they're actually going to use Aaron Jones. But when given opportunities, he showed out. Yeah, I, I, nothing much more to say than that. It was a great Aaron Jones season. Um, easily could have been higher. Uh, cheeses amount of cheeses that year this year. Uh, I really do think, like, when what we're a week and a half removed from the Detroit game, and it's going to be like to have it come down to the last game of the season when, you know, there's a lot more other losses that stand out of why the Packers are in the spot that they are in. Right. Um, it's, yeah, just like it's a waste. You wasted a great Aaron Jones season that could have been even better if you, you know, put things together right um even for for all intents and purposes for his year that he had uh 1100 yards on 213 rushes um only two actual rushing touchdowns but he had um trying to count here looks like six or five receiving touchdowns on that too to go with um I can actually find stats today. Jeez Louise. 395, so 400 yards passing. So, all in all, 1,500 yards and seven touchdowns. That's good. That'll do the, do the especially, trick. Especially when you have a lot of games where uh, you just don't be handed the ball. He had, let's see, one, two, three, six games under 40 yards rushing. And in That's those crazy. in those six games, he had uh, twelve, nine, nine, six, eight, and nine rushes. <laughs> that is crazy. Just choosing not to give the ball to your, your best player. Pretty crazy, wow. huh? Yeah. And 
they went three and three in those games, so we can't be too mad at them. But and if you go under fifty yards, the games where he had like mid forties yards or forty to 50, forty to forty nine, they lost all four of those. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, backs it up. Yeah, yeah, that backs up a lot. Um, next tier is Christian Watson, Jair Alexander, Keyshawn Nixon, and Preston Smith with six. Does this feel right to you? Say, so Keyshawn, Jair, Preston Smith, Christian Watson, Christian Watson. I mean, that's a third of the season. Yeah. You think? You think they all belong there? I think three of them do for sure. I'm really debating Jair is where I'm going with this. I think he did better in the second half of the season. But I think it he might... had some good games early on. I know the, the Vikings game really stands out, but like he bounced back when the Packers won, and then it was like a slide, and then the last three to four games, right. Detroit game notwithstanding. Um it just kind of felt like his highs were highs and his lows were really low. It felt worse than there was it was, no middle. Yes, yeah. Yeah. There was so, no middle. Yeah. But I think for sure Preston after picking up the slack after Rashawn Gary went down, he's next spoiler alert. Um Keyshawn Nixon for the huge second half of the year and Christian Watson for the same the same reason. Same. I think we're all yeah. just fine there. I think if they yeah. all played like the full season in their most effective roles. I think they are up in between either at Aaron Jones level or in between um, six and 11. Cause like, I think it's definitely worth noting that there's no, nobody from seven to, to 10. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of indicative of most of the team had a pretty up and down year. Like there was nobody that had a consistently good year. And that like, you can really point to having a great year besides like maybe Christian Watson second half. If you're counting the parts he actually played, but like I can't point to a few players on this team like yeah they had a outstanding year I mean that just kind of sums up the whole Packers season mm-hmm. you know right it's not a surprise that Aaron Jones leads the cheese board it's and I think for all the reasons that like press is probably the only one that and Keystar Nixon was more it's more of an opportunity or playing time right because how long they stuck with Amari Rogers, but yeah, like between uh, Preston Smith, Christian Watson, Jair, it was like the highs are really high. Preston was more his invisible is like you can kind of get away with it on the whole, or you can get away with it individually on the whole. It's like you don't have a pass rush, especially when after Rashawn went down, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, and Watson was just hurt for first eight nine weeks. Yeah, not. <laughs> Did miss it, but was, yeah, not yeah, percent, not hundred percent, not yeah, nothing, either was physically it? or just his role, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so in this next year, just two, just two players, Devonjo Campbell and AJ Dillon. I think that feels appropriate. Yeah, like AJ Dillon was on that cusp of being like a top player in this offense, but didn't, um, do it consistently enough for it to really matter. Not really. I shouldn't say really matter, but for him to reach that echelon of the top, we'll say five players on the team, in yeah. according to the cheese board at least, against their expectations, I should say. Same thing with Devontae. Yeah. Like coming off the year last year, he was doing really well. Just didn't find his rhythm this year. Yeah, he was really good post injury. 
I mean, I think he is as good of a reason why the defense really, yeah, put you know, it, it's no, it was no coincidence that the defense started to kind of click into place when Devondre came back for not the Bears game, it was the One Rams after. game? Yeah, I think so. Mm, it might have been Bears. I can take a look, quick look. That might be right. I can't remember if he returned the game before the all or all star break, the bye week or after. Um, uh. But yeah, like again, injury really. He came back for the Bears game. Oh, okay. Yep. But yeah. In total, really solidified things. Games. Yeah, he left after the the Bills game. The bo- yes, that's right. And then missed uh, weeks nine through twelve. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that that feels appropriate. Like they both did enough to really showcase their talent how many and, how many chooses five four yeah, five five they both did enough to really showcase their their value to the team but not same thing as we said earlier just not reach that upper echelon of players that really mattered this season yeah um next up is the four group same two players or not same two players two players again um kenny clark and rashawn gary i think this is a problem frankly like Kenny Clark being down here and having as little impact as he did through the first 12 games of the season led to this. That is part of the reason why he's here. And obviously the defense pass rush fell off when Rashawn Gary went down. Like, I think if Kenny Clark has a better season, obviously he's better season equals better things equals better cheeses. He's higher up. But I think that's another, um, what do I say? Not a bellwether, but indicator of why the defense just wasn't up to snuff this season. Yeah. A uh, big name has not been mentioned yet. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. Um, the, the group of three. Three cheeses. Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, Mason Crosby, Trey Walker, Russell Douglas, Romeo Dobbs, Rudy Ford. I like this group. I think this group had a good season. Besides, I say I think they had a good season, just didn't put it together consistently. Does that make sense? Like I'd say EJ had a good season. I'd say Mason had a good season. Quay had a good season. Razul, like I think all all of these players had definite highlights, surrounded by just overall. Decent, not great play. Sorry for my coughing fit there. Um, yeah, I wonder if how Quay in particular, given how much of it has changed, it's not even about football, it's about yeah. different things the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I also think we're going to probably feel better about his rookie year based oh, on a he was really good and played for at least four to five weeks, however long Campbell is not out. Yep. Played a role that doesn't, you know, he had to play by circumstance, not necessarily by his own choice or something that was given to him. Yep. Um, in spite of everything that happened, you know, in the Bills game and obviously in the Lions game, I still feel really good about his future in Green Bay. I think mm-hmm. that he was, you know, it was worthy about it. Um, yeah, EJ too, like, Came off an ACL tear. Didn't play until he didn't play 
week three opening week game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, his his season was shortened too. Um, or he had a late start, I should say. Yeah, I think it was. He start he started week two. My apologies. But he also missed a game after coming back too. Um. Yes. Right? Week eight against the Bills. That's yes. right. So, um. Only fifteen games from this year. But I thought he did really well. I, I mean, he was probably the most consistent lineman on this team. He got put into some situations. I don't think that really um, suited him that well. Exactly. I think he had to bounce around more than we wish he would have been asked to. Yes. As yeah. Because the line became a problem for a good portion of the season when yeah. everybody was like, they have the depth, they have the answers. They even had the starting line, and we saw how much they that hold up or held up pretty <laughs> quickly. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think like we can, we'll get into when we do like off season, more off season pods with like positional grades similar and just like talking over those and how they look, how the team looks for next year. I think we'll get into that quite discussion a little more because I definitely like his season as a rookie. But yeah, I think I to my point earlier, it just was decent, not great to get into those like those higher levels. But I do think yeah. it's good that he stepped into Devondre Campbell's spot so seamlessly. Yeah, same. Um, same thing with Romeo Dobbs. Like, he got hurt. Tough against, one to judge. It's really tough to judge after his injury. He wasn't really much of a factor. But before his injury... And his best games were came when the passing offense, I mean, you could say for the whole year, wasn't really much of anything, in part because of the guy that was throwing the balls. Um, but... Like, I don't know. It's a weird, I think that's a, like, it'll be interesting going back to like seeing how his rookie years holds up with more hindsight, or I guess, yeah, in the context of what the season ended up being. Cause I think it was very different of like, yeah, the, the training camp hype. And it's all this stuff that you don't necessarily see or you see bits and pieces of. And then, you know, it's like, oh, he's making plays, but it's because no one else is making plays. Right. That's right. that's a little different, I guess. Yep. Absolutely. Um Mason Crosby, I thought really end of the season well. Yeah. Definitely uh that one field goal I think that he missed in week eighteen doesn't help, but no. I don't think that's anything you hold him against for that hold against him for the season. No. That was again more circumstances. Circum- circumstance, yeah. Yeah. Um Darnell Savage, he's in the three group. Just big up to, up and down year. That just sums it up pretty 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 much. Okay. Um I don't want to call them the terrible twos because that's just mean, but we're in the, we're in the twos now. We're in the range. And uh the big name surfaces in the twos, Aaron Rodgers, Al Lazard. <laughs> Al Lazard, Dave Bakhtiari, uh Dron Reed, Pal Donnell. Randall Cobb, Bobby Tanyan, and Zach. Pound. Tano got two. Remember? It's true that Tampa game. I mean, he that was the only two. The only two we got. And I, I and I, we should talk about. I don't wish we should. You know what? Let's talk Aaron <laughs> Rodgers first. We can't talk Pound Donald before Aaron Rodgers. That's just <laughs> that's the Giannis yeah. thing that Eurostep always does. I always yes, talk before Giannis. Um, yeah, it's indicative. He had two times this season here in Jesus. I'm pretty sure. I think he. I don't think he got two. I think he just got one. Each time. What do you remember? What weeks? Uh, uh no. That's yeah. 
I'd imagine it was the the Lions game or the not the Lions game, the Cowboys game when he went uh, three yeah. touchdowns to Christian Watson. Maybe Bears game. Did we say that after the second Bears game? Maybe. I don't know. It might be those two, but. It, but the fact that we are go like none that none these examples aren't standing out. That's the problem. That's the problem. Whether he believes that or not. Yes. So we'll get into Aaron Rodgers talk in a minute, but regretfully, um, yeah, I just think that this group outside. I mean, I mean, this group was kind of mixed with underachievers and, um, like hefty role players. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like under, oh, yeah. Underachievers would be Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari, just because, like, again, yeah. cheeses for linemen are kind of tough because it's just tough to grade on that such a simple thing as like a cheese versus like an actual letter grade. But for sure, Rodgers and Lazard, and but then like Cobb, Bobby Tunyon, and Jaron Reed, I thought all did relatively well this season. I know like Jaron Reed. Is, I guess, a, a topic of discussion amongst Packer friends on Twitter and just discussing discussing in general because some people didn't really care for his season, some people did. I thought it was fine, but I think I think he was better than the alternative. I think he's better than Dean Lowry, yeah, for sure. Like I think he helped out. I think he had a better latter half of the season than again, like most of the defense did. Oh, exactly. They did to start the year a lot. So, but, um. Pat O'Donnell, there was a discussion. I think Ty said it in the Discord. Uh, short promo. Join the Discord. GSPN.info. Um, talked about how the Packers got swindled by Pat O'Donnell. And I had to like think about that and like actually say, like, no, I don't think the Packers got swindled by them. I think the Packers swindled Pat O'Donnell. Because they just like didn't use him much at all this year. Like they they, they If on... I remember correctly to his his um his grading out or something like compared to other punters last year, like he was like towards the bottom last year. Like, yeah, his last year with the bears. Yeah. Cause when they moved on from, uh, what's his name? The Packers. Yeah. They traded for him for him from the Rams. Yes. They, when they moved on from him to Pat O'Donnell, it wasn't seen as an upgrade. It was just like, Oh, if you're, making such a priority out in special teams, you're kind of signing a retread punter. That... Right. I didn't think he was a retread punter when they signed him. I actually liked the signing. But to put into to context, the Packers punted, because Pal Donald's the only person that punted for them this year, Um, 52 times. Well, that is... What, what do you mean, oh? Did I miss a punt? I was going to make a joke. God. <laughs> Um, some other, some other players may have punted on the season. If you, I, I, I understand. <laughs> but the Packers, the Packers punted, and Pat O'Donnell specifically punted fifty-two times a season. That's good for twenty-eighth worst, or one, two, three. Just oh, punts alone. Yeah, just punt, just punts. So th- an average of three a game. That's quick math, but yeah, <laughs> just under three a game. So. But I'm guessing for an offense that was not working was a not, lot this that year. That was not working a lot. Like they went on fourth down a lot. It, oh, how many? T- oh, what, let me. What, I'm gonna what, go through his game log. Hold on. Because I would, I would bet you, like he punted nine times in that Tampa game. Right. So, but to to talk about him more, 
of his 52 punts, 24 of them were inside the 20. Like, that's good. He had the uh, fourth best inside the 20 percentage at 46.2. Um, only worse than um, Cincy punter Drew Crispin at 3, Johnny Hecker from Carolina at 2, and Mitch Wisnowski from San Francisco at 52.5. Wow. So, like... Pat O'Donnell had a good year punting the ball. They just didn't let him punt the ball ever. <laughs> and like, I think it's not him, not them letting him punt the ball, but I think it's more so that this offense wasn't horrendous and that they couldn't get anything going ever, but they weren't great in getting in the red zone kicking field goals like all the time. They were consistently okay to where it made sense for them to go at four on fourth down in like, I like the 45 yeah. or the 50 yard line where punting isn't really seen as the best option there. Yeah, he had seven punts in the in the Buccaneers game, and five of them were inside the twenty. There you go. I think that's. Um, oh, we gave him. I think we gave him some for the Bears game or that game. I forget which one. Yeah, uh, probably maybe the New England game. He had five punts for an average of forty-two yards and a long of forty-eight. Maybe. So I think Bears it was game, he had a seventy-two-yard punt. Yeah, I think it was the Bears game. To be honest, I think it was the early game. Yeah. So, regardless, like, I don't think that the Pat O'Donnell signing was bad or that he was bad. I just think that he didn't have an opportunity to shine as a punter as much as he could have. No, yeah, yeah. I, I also I think know. that we've probably given way too much airtime to, to a punter in a season recap. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Like, I was looking at those stats last week and I was just like, hmm, interesting. He was actually kind of good. I love that, like, internal, like, I was looking at interesting stats, and I thought, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in the two is Zach Tom. Great year, just filling in where he could. Still a rookie, for sure, but definitely showing some pretty good, um, I guess, highlights, some growth aspects, where he'll be a, probably a starter on this team oh. line quite soon, possibly next year. I, I hope so. If they... If they don't make any meaningful improvements, whether through draft or free agency, I mean, he's got a starting spot. Yeah, down. It's a matter of where. Right. And luckily, he looked very good in a lot of spots. He did. He did. I think the only spot he didn't play was center. Or ironically enough, considering he played that in college. So, weirdly enough, we'll see how that goes. We'll see. Um, dropping into the one cheese slot. Adrian Amos, um, Eric Stokes, Devontae Wyatt, my young son, um, Josh Myers, Chris Barnes, Sammy Watkins, and Yash Nyman. <laughs> Perhaps Sammy Watkins was on this team. I was watching that Ravens playoff game. I was like, 82. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Um, nothing really too much to say about this group. Just a bunch of, outside of Eric Stokes, who got hurt. Um, midway through the season, who wasn't having the best season, and Devontae Wyatt, who wasn't really playing much. Nothing inspiring or uninspiring about this group. Like, Sammy Watkins, I think, had over... I think they expected too much out of him coming into the season, just understanding what he was already in the NFL. And then, Josh Diamond and Josh Myers are the two, like, I want to say worse, because that makes it seem like it's mean. They're definitely the fourth and fifth best linemen on the um, on the line. I M O. Yeah, Bakhtiari Jenkins. 
Tom. You're going to punt on right. John Runyon? Oh, God. <laughs> I was trying to think, put it in my mind. Right. It, no. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it was... That's my point. It's like, of the starters, they're definitely fourth and fifth. It's probably going to be my biggest thing this offseason. It's just like... I felt like a lot of their line struggles just went under the rug. Outside of, like, what's going on with... Why isn't Bakhtiari coming back? Or... Ellen Jenkins coming back, or why right. is he missing a game? It's like, how do you evaluate line play? Because, like, how do you evaluate line play when you have a quarterback who takes sacks, doesn't throw away the ball? Yeah. And it was just, you know, people are playing out of positions. I mean, you, not everybody's Zach Tom, but, you know, he's really good. But Ellen Jenkins, as you mentioned before, he struggled in playing areas that were out of his comfort zone or out of his position. It's like, you know, it's nature of the circumstances, and I'm going to probably keep saying this over the course of this season recap, but, like, I think that's that was such a big thing that, you know, it led to this season going the way it did because it affects the run game. It, right. it affects all phases of, of the offense, you know. Right. Of all your lineups. What is your opinion of too many sacks in a game? Like, if, like... At a number. Well, if it happens, if it happens, even like at like even at inopportune times, I guess like I want to know how many sacks you think is like too many sacks per game. Oh, so like the threshold? Yeah. So like if you're like, oh, zero sacks, four, zero sacks, great. One sack, okay, that's like it happens. Whatever. Two is like okay, we're getting. Four might be too high. Two is like we're getting into maybe bad bad territory. Three is like okay, we're starting to like lose a significant chunk of yardage on a a third of our drives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I want to know what your threshold is. I think four is when I'm like pissed. Okay. That didn't work. That didn't work for my, is it three? Should I say three? <laughs> you can say four. I, I, I understand your point of view, but so three is definitely the where I'm like, what the hell? Like that. Right. You were like, why is Yeah. So four, he took Rogers took four sacks twice this year. Week one, That's a lot. week one against Minnesota. And week six against the Jets when they couldn't stop. I forget mm. his name, which is uh, Quinn, yes. uh, Quinn Williams. Yes, I believe is who that yeah. was. But um, and then they had three sacks in four. If I can count one, two, three in three other games um, against Chicago week two against Philly week 12 and against the Rams week 15. Other than that, so outside of those interesting five games. The line gave up two sacks or less. They gave up one, two, three, five sacks, five games with two sacks. I think four games with one sack. Five, I'm sorry, five games with both two sacks and one sack, then two games with none. So, like, in my opinion, knowing that a lot of that, that like maybe one of those sacks in the two sack game or two of those are coverage sacks where Rodgers isn't throwing the ball away. I feel like just pass protection wise that they did like an okay job this year. Like those those five games up top with the fours and the threes, definitely not good. Like not, not ideal to have. um, It's interesting games where those happen though. Like Eagles make sense, but the Bears, the first Bears game, Mm -hmm. that's when they still had, um, 
Quinn. They didn't have Bakhtiari. This was EJ's first week. Back. Yeah. So no Bakhtiari. Um, Rams game two. They didn't have Aaron Donald for that. Yep. But they they have a pretty good good pass rush. Still, yeah. Yeah. Like their defense wasn't the problem. Here. Yeah. I know. Interesting weeks that they have. Yeah. I think they definitely can improve in the in their run blocking. Oh, but their yes. pass protection I don't think was too bad this year, which is why it's hard to like gauge these things, right? Like, you really have to go through and just watch every game and watch every player, similar to how some of the beat reporters do or PFF does, to really get an understanding of just how well each of them played. Yeah, um, in your own, you, in your own opinion, because those grades can vary from person to person. Because you want to grade individually, but it's also by nature tied to what the other guys are doing. Yeah, it's also a team game too, or it's a team job, or T. It's a unit job. Yes. Like position group. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yep, yep. 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 So that does it for the cheese board. Do you have anything else to say on the cheese board? Let's just hope the cheese board is more forgiving next year, or more forgiving. I guess more, more plentiful. More, yeah, plentiful. There we go. Plentiful. Yeah. I got you. Um. Should we hop into the stuff I don't want to talk about? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw the intro of Nubak wanting to talk about a topic that he has no interest in talking about because it's about... It's about both the Packers and Rodgers. Let's talk about... Let's go in the chronological order first. Have you heard there's a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers' future? In Let's Bay? go in chronological order first. Let's talk about Matt LaFleur's decision to have no major changes to the coaching staff. Keeping Joe Barry is... This is the Monday after the loss. Yes. So it's, the only time he's spoken since, obviously. Albeit right? not fresh, but... Keeping Joe Barry is certainly, certainly a decision by Matt LaFleur in the front office. I think it's misguided at best. It's just funny that like we talked about, like I think it was a considerable talk, topic going into that Lions game, mm-hmm. second Lions game. I'm like, has, he, has Joe Barry done enough to show that he's worth sticking around? And we hinge it on the success or failure of this Lions game. Mm-hmm. It was irrelevant. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, apparently. Which, things can change. There hasn't actually been a lot of coaching changes. Um, I think there's five there openings. Head, yeah, Five head coach openings. It's some, I don't know. I, I kind of expected a lot more fireworks, I guess. Well, a few of them happened in season two. Like, the Colts fired... Um, coach in season. Nathaniel Hackett True. got fired in season. Um, like it's definitely just. I think there's like, I think you are right that it is like five or so. Yeah, because um, um, yeah, because all the same names go to the same. It's they yeah, they're interviewing for all the same jobs that are available. Right, exactly. So the Panthers have one. Colts, Texans. Colts, uh, Texans, Cardinals have one because they fired Cliff Kingsbury. The Broncos. Broncos, there you go. And I think that's it. Yep. Yeah, so just those five. Texans, Broncos, Colts, Cardinals, and Panthers. So. Obviously, the that, head that's coaching. That's all head, head coaching. Yeah. 
but they're probably going to be. I mean, we saw with the Chargers. There was a few this week. Yeah, there's going to be more. Brandon, Brandon, not Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah, Lombardi got fired from the Chargers after their abysmal blow up in the playoffs. Um, we'll so, see what happens with the Vikings and their D coordinator, former Packers D coordinator. Is it Mike Patton? Uh, no, Ed Donatel. Oh, yuck. Ed Donatel, famous for being the defense coordinator that allowed fourth and 26. Ugh. Eagles. Gross. And um, Mike Patton is there, just uh, to go back. Uh, four hours ago, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell non-committal on DC Ed Donatel status. So, interesting. That's as good as gone. Probably. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, it's just like there's so much talent out there in defensive coordinators, like for all intents and purposes. Like, um, Jim Schwartz is out there as a D coordinator. Um, Vic Van Vic Fangio. Vic Schwartz got picked up by Cleveland. Like he was out there. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Post yes. Season, like after the season ended. Um, but yes, Jim Schwartz got picked up by the Browns. Vic Fangio is interviewing for the the Falcons gig. Um. I forget his name. I'm going to butcher it as I try and find it again. But the Broncos. Oh um, yes. Um, defensive coordinator. I'm gonna El- Hero Evero. I think is how you pronounce it. Yes. Um, he's the guy that they should have hired as their defensive coordinator, outside of Joe Barry. So like, I think it's just, um, like D'Amico Ryan's is the 49ers defensive coordinator. He's out there, and getting some uh some looks for head coaching gigs it's just like you could be so much better with this team with this squad and i think the biggest part above it is that like this team doesn't lack talent on the defensive side they lack coaching because the talent is there we know it's there we know that these players can play like we know kenny clark can be good we know jair can be consistently good we know razul campbell quay Devontae wyatt jaron reed all these players have the ability and the skill to be great and to be good. But the the biggest thing that was bothering us throughout the entire year was first the game planning for the opposing offense and secondly the just overall bad execution on simple things like handing off players in the zone or tackling or just doing the most simple things that defense can do. Discipline. And yeah, it's it's all discipline stuff and we saw it with the, I think it was the Miami, no it wasn't the Miami, it might have been the Miami game, where they got hyped up at halftime because Joe Gray like yelled at them at halftime. Yes. Like, yep. it took, what, was that 11 games to get there? And then, more. I forget what, what week they played. That was uh, week 16. Oh my god, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point proven. Yeah. But, like, they just need a coach that can actually fire them up and is able to make decisions. Like, I forget his name. Is it Aaron Glenn? Is he the, the Lions? The Lions D coordinator. I think he's also interviewing for he is. some... Like, that's a guy you want to play for. I don't know if you if you you or anybody else listening had watched Hard Knocks this past preseason. I did not. It was on the Lions. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> he was fun to watch. He was, like, he, he was basically... Dan Campbell just as a defensive coordinator. He had. I remember watching him as a corner, he, like because he was really good on the Jets, like way right. just twenty years ago. 
he was exactly what I would imagine him being a D corner. Right. And so like, he's just like, that's the type of energy. I think that this, this crew of defensive players needs, because they all have personalities besides, I think like Devondre might be like the one guy you could say doesn't have like that sort of that big outward personality, like Jair, Kenny's a personality, Quay, Razul, like they all just have these big personalities that need to be harnessed and pointed in the right direction and able to be coached to be executing these fine detail things because for all intents and purposes they were bad in big plays like when Jair got torched a few times against the Bears but what really hurt them was the bad um just discipline minute plays that like he didn't tackle mental lapses mental lapses he didn't tackle somebody when you had a wide open tackle and they get a touch a first down instead of a third and long or something like or even like I guess this is, this is probably bleeding into scheme, but like there's the there's an early season storyline of like the Packers don't know when to cover their zone, right? Simple stuff like that, like because I I would assume that's a communication problem, mm-hmm. whether through the, it's both with the players and coaches. It's just stuff like that where it's like this. It doesn't. It, it's like the game of telephone where you hear something from here and it doesn't connect over here. Like right. you're trying to fill in all these gaps as, as much as like we talk about like the veteran players on here, like quite like the things that happened with Quay Walker is, was yep. already inexcusable, inexcusable. Yep. That's, that's part coaching part Quay. Like I think it's majority Quay because he has to be smarter to not do things like that, but it also requires coaching to tell him not to freaking do it, not to do it after the first time. Like it's, Simple yeah. stuff. Super simple stuff. And so their decision <sighs> to not move on from sort of just the, the milk toast meek defensive coordinator that is Joe Barry is problematic going forward. Like if we're actually serious about still trying to compete with Rogers, should he come back? Which we'll get to in a second. You're not going to do it with Joe Barry as a defensive coordinator. Like this is his second season, full season with the with the Packers. And they were a problem for most of both seasons. Like it's, I understand maybe not wanting to switch horses mid through the way through the race if you want to go that route. But like, like if you're if you're saying the route, if you're saying the race is the yeah. Aaron Rodgers tenure, sure, I get it. But man, at what point do you have to understand that if you're gonna want to win with Aaron Rodgers, who's aging and not as good as he was? that you need as dominant of a defense as you can possibly have. And I just don't think that the consistency of having him there is worth having Joe Barry there is worth him there. Essentially. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes. It just seems like maybe I'll say this thought for after. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of coaching changes, and there's there could be more. Um, you never know if another team plucks any of their position coaches or if something happens where LaFleur they you know things have settled and they can make a decision with clear hearts and minds, I guess, and mm-hmm. still make a you know change. But as far as like where the coaching staff is at, it is a little puzzling, even if you're the most, you know, optimistic Packers fan to be like, we're going to keep, we're going to stand pat despite everything, you know, going against us or being as inconsistent as they were. Mm -hmm. And that also, because that that's the kind of stuff. It's not just the coaches making that decision. It's the front office making that decision. And so, yeah, I think that's the biggest problem. Is that you look at the season and it wasn't a success. They didn't go above five hundred. They went eight and nine. And the the biggest problem for me is just like, okay, well, well, well what are we doing to make sure it doesn't happen again? Like, because we can't think that everything was like. Oh, one one score away or one turnover away or anything like that. Like it's, we didn't do anything on the defensive side immediately after the season, whether it be like getting rid of Joe Gray or getting rid of um, Joe Barry or the D line coach or the linebackers coach or anybody like that, to signal that this was something that was wrong this season. We want to fix it. Like that just isn't what happened from Matt Lafleur in the front office, and. It worries me for the off season and next season and into the future of okay, why are we sticking with play with a staff that wasn't good, like and proven themselves to be not as good as we thought they were? Because they again, defense was bad in twenty one and in twenty two. And if you look at someone like a team like the like the Rams, Sean McVay is staying. He said he was staying, and he canned his entire coaching staff. I'm pretty sure he he got rid of like. Eight coaches, I'm almost certain. Is that true? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was he gave the final say that if they want to pursue, which I, I don't know if that is as good as say, like, yeah, you could leave my staff. Um, um, According to The Athletic, I got to click into this article here. Um, Rams overhaul coaching staff with eight departures since end of season. 
Olin sources. Wow. So their special teams coach, their offensive line coach, their D back, their defensive backs coach, their assistant defensive line coach, their defensive assistant were all let go. Um their offensive coordinator. Uh, Who's their offensive coordinator? Liam Cohen. Oh yeah, he, yeah. That's he right. he left for a job. Kentucky, I yep, think. Yep. And Rashad Samples, the running backs coach, left for a job at Arizona State. That was midseason. And so that's like this is that's this is the crazy. thing, right? Sean McVay and the Rams understand that they have talent on a team that should be competing with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, just just those three talent on a team. But they obviously have way more talent than than that. Than that present they had a bad yeah. season they had an injury old season but they also had a bad season like just effectively essentially that's pretty much it yeah and they said okay we need to get better we need to can these people like it's not the, like all the high up people for sure but like the special teams coach they when well, they weren't good there as well as like the coordinators are staying but the the position coaches where you can really make a difference in how they what is coached, like how, how a unit is coached, they can Like just said, you're, you're done. And I think that signals a franchise that's serious about winning now versus having stability because of stability's sake. That's, yeah. that's my issue. Like there are teams doing this, and the Packers, despite being three wins better than the Rams, didn't do anything like this. They just said, we're good. Which well, it's not the biggest holding pattern that is on the team. No, it's not. But some of that, I mean, we could, this might be the transition to uh, Rogers talk. Because it, it wasn't even just, be. it wasn't just, it wasn't just Rogers that spoke on this either. Go ahead. Goody. Yeah. Goody. Go ahead and, and talk. We can transition, transition to Rogers. Um, what was Goody's uh, quote? I probably should have prepared for this. <laughs> there was a specific quote that he made about Rogers, or no? Yes, it was about, about the, the, the the commitment. Commitment. The contract was a commitment they felt from Rogers. Yes, that the extension was a commitment to the franchise that he was going to be around for the next three years until the end of his contract, which we said on the post game pod i believe if i'm not mistaken that that contract is like a black eye on goody's tenure as gm it's probably without a doubt one of the worst decisions he made i think it went against the ron wolf um mantra that sort of made them successful and you can be a year early with a single player but not a year late and they were a year late yeah not releasing, but moving on from players, my point. Yeah, but they talked about it. They said the contract is a commitment, and I guess Rogers' talk in general is going to be a very frustrating conversation for the both of us first, obvious, for the obvious reason. Because we have respect for him and what he has been to the Packers, but we're both just kind of sick of the ride. Like, we kind of want to be done and get off for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I yes, to, I definitely agree with you. And it's just like we've seen this stuff. I think there was some like other things. Like I've seen comments, um, you know, 
I guess, radio clips and stuff like that of like, why does this keep happening when we're in, in this position? And it's like, because it's, it's a two way street. This is what Aaron Rodgers has done for a while. And you get to do that when by their words and actions, they're not looking to move on from Aaron Rodgers, right? right? Like the thing about this and what it all stems from, it stems from, you know, the moment that the whole draft day thing broke in 2021, where there's trade speculation, but there wasn't, but it was like, he wants out there. He needs to, um, he wanted certain things out of the Packers front office that, you know, historically they didn't do. And obviously that biggest thing was moving on for veterans a year early. And as much as those decisions were done um, and represented the Packers well, it still stuck a craw in Aaron Rodgers and he wanted his way. Right. And Brian Gutenkunst doesn't want to be known as the general manager that moved on from Aaron Rodgers too soon. He had made that decision clear. Yeah. The problem is Aaron Rodgers might be around and just hang around and it's going to sink your franchise for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think. And that's the problem. That's that's the biggest problem is that him sticking around isn't really a good thing right now for the team. Like, does he come back next year and is better? Slim chance, but it's certainly a possibility. You're telling me there's a chance kind of energy. And if that's the case, good. But I just don't think that that is going to be the case. I don't think you think it either. I think there's a lot of Packers fans who don't think that Rodgers is going to be better than he was this year, next year. And it's all very confusing with the cap, but to make our lives easier, it's just easier for both sides to split now. Like that's that just that's just how it is. Like a yeah. a, a post June first trade is like the, the the thing that makes the most sense essentially. Like cutting him makes no sense in cap wise. Um, they they lose cap essentially for twenty twenty three with with any cut. Um, either pre June first or post June first, but if they trade him after June first, they only have fifteen million. In, I shouldn't say only; they have fifteen million dollars in dead cap. Um, this year and twenty four next year, but they get a savings of fifteen this year. So that could help in how everyone do this everything, but basically either a trade or retirement is really the only um, uh, reasonable suitable. options for both sides. And Rogers thinks he can be an MVP level player again. Like I, for there's one thing he has, it's confidence. He, uh, he went on McAfee this week and said to, uh, to Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show, well, I think I can win MVP again in the right situation right situation is that green bay is that somewhere else i'm not sure it's got to be both sides actually wanting to work together moving forward and i think there's more conversation to be had and i think that is the most frustrating part of the rogers saga this year and every year that this has been on since it started is that he's echoed and echoed and i should say echoed 
he's yelled from the rooftops about how the Packers need to want him back, that they need to want Rodgers back and prove that they want Rodgers back for him to want to be, want to come back. And they've done that, in my opinion, every single year. Matt LaFleur and Brian Goodenkunst, Brian Goodenkunst has said the right things. They've done all the things that you would expect a franchise wanting their franchise quarterback back to say. They've done all those things. But every year, Rodgers, like, I can't think of the word, uh, I guess gets on a soapbox is what I'm going to say, and says, well, they got to want me. They really got to want me. They, it's like, it's really just him be, wanting to be asked to the dance, it almost seems like. Like, please, please tell me how pretty I am and tell me that you want to go to the dance with me and tell me that I'm the only girl at the dance you ever want to go to for the next five years. Like, just just, just keep telling me that you want me. Because they've been doing it since the Bears game, essentially. Since we were all talking about when Brian Kuhn talked to them, the media and said, nope, like, we're sticking with Rodgers and we'll talk with him if he wants to go down for sit down for love if we get eliminated from the playoffs. It's been the whole thing since then. and But every time it comes up, Roger's like, they gotta want me. And ever since then, everyone's like, yeah, we want him back. He's like, hmm, they gotta want me back. This is part of, but the problem is, this. they signed up for this. They, they, did. they knew that this is not, they went through this. Yeah. It's not, and not just with this quarterback, the, the, the the last quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's the thing is like you have gone through the story before. When you decide to make Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, hand out that contract, you're making certain concessions that you just have to live with. That is him thinking he is above the team, which is true, right? Um, that is him not showing up to for. In, or voluntary workouts or OTAs, whatever you want to call them. And him starting his preparations um, later than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And all these different, different things that Aaron Rodgers, because he has been so good and he, he, you know, has <laughs> been the central reason why Packers have been a successful football team for as long as they have, especially this era. Yep. Um, you are afforded certain things by and large, but the more you talk about this and the more noise you make and the more you think you are deserving of all these things, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and all that stuff. It's, you know, it's gonna tune out fans eventually if it hasn't already, but it doesn't. That doesn't even matter anymore. It's it's strictly between Aaron Rodgers and the front office, right? And any decision that is made, it's he says it. It's about it's a mutual. It's like no, it's his, right? As a fan, as fans, we are. I think I've definitely tuned out to it already, like. Oh. I remember the the Tuesday after the um the season when Rogers usually goes on that Pat McAfee show. I was like, oh boy, next week Tuesday is gonna be gonna be a, a day. It's gonna be annoying. It's gonna be a stupid. And then Tuesday, yesterday, as we're recording this, came and went, and I had kind of just forgot until I saw people starting to tweet about it that he was even going to be on it, and. I think it's partially just one exhaustion from the, the season. 
And two is just, I'm sick of hearing about it, dude. Like, I think it was Zach Cruz said it the best in that nothing Roger said on McAfee show changed anything about their situation. It was however long he spoke for, just kind of rambling BS. Like he always right. does. Exactly. And so I I predicted it. I forget which episode, but I think that they're not going to even come to be close to a resolution until probably March. In March. I don't even know if it's that. It might not be. We don't we might not get an answer by the draft, but like I'd hope they get an answer by the draft just in case. But I don't think they will. Like like But this is yeah. I think it depends on how much you want to take Rodgers for his word and saying that he wasn't going to keep the Packers waiting. And so you could, like if you're keeping true to that word, then you should have to let them know by free agency. And free agency for the NFL is before the draft. And so like that is about end of February, beginning of March ish time. Yeah. But it's I, ultimately about what Aaron Rodgers wants. Does he really? I'd be curious to know because I don't think I think we know the answer to this. Is that if you're really thinking of returning for another year, do you believe that you can compete for a Super Bowl? And as much as the NFL is based, you know, it's a parody game now, it's a parody league. Um, I wouldn't think so. I would not believe so. I do think that they could be a better team than what they were this year. Yeah, they have a lot of um bounce back candidates. There's a lot of things that went against them. For it's not normal to have a five game losing streak and have uh, a five well, game or a four game winning streak. Yeah, like it. It was very roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So even that said, does he really believe that this could be a Super Bowl team next year? And if you and if you're going into that into the year believing that, then what are you coming back for? Is it is it truly to win another championship, which you know is ultimately his biggest fuel? Or is it because he doesn't necessarily want to leave the only situation he's ever known? I thought you were going a different way with that. What? I thought you were going to say the only thing you ever loved. <laughs> well, some could debate that. Some could debate um, that. Well, it's, I don't know. That's what makes this whole thing so no. vexing. Is that like, yeah. what is, I feel like his motivation now, I, I, I believed it before Devante. And now it's like, well, now you don't have Devante. Right. And there's not going to be anyone of equal or, higher value than Devante coming into the wide receiver room. Right. So what is your motivation now going right. to your 840 season? Right. And I think that if it's it's sort of a problem he's like if this team can win a Super Bowl he comes back. But if they can't, why is he coming back? Because they still didn't do anything in the coaching staff to re-up like that feeling. Like I don't think Rogers' game plays as well and it's because like the way he's played for the last 10 years plays as well to like a Peyton Manning Broncos Super Bowl season where Peyton just was for all intents and purposes a um game managing quarterback that year they won the Super Bowl he just he just was he didn't have the arm left he was just sort of dink and dunk 
was smart with the football was like the biggest thing for him. But Rodgers has never really been like super smart with the football. He's always put it into like really tight spaces where it's dangerous throws. And he's, he's always done that. I don't know if Rodgers has it within him to play smart and not play his style of football as opposed to playing Matt LaFleur's. I think if he plays Matt LaFleur style of football and buys in completely 100%, no ifs, ands, or buts. Well, that is... that, that's what I'm saying. If he does that with 100% certainty and doesn't do all the Rodgers shit we're used to doing, then I think there's potential. Like, a little bit. It's not, not dead in the water, essentially. But he's not going to, as your interruption obviously was going to state. Um, well, not, I was just gonna not say, that I'm mad that you interrupted, but that's the no, yeah, like, yeah. That, like that's the obvious thing. It's like, well, of course he's never gonna do that. Well, yeah. And it's like as he gets older, he is more resistant to it. Exactly. And has very many avenues to air that. Yeah. He has he's never been shy about being pissed off about No, he is not about how he hasn't wanted to do certain plays or anything like that. <sighs> All the while, Jordan Love just sitting there. I think they'd be smart, and you're going to hate this. If they're actually serious about being with Rodgers the next few years, they should just trade him. Get the oh, pick. I, I get the picks out of out of them and say we're sorry to waste four years of your life. I think that's very fair. Yeah, it would make me eternally sad, but that's where we'd be. <laughs> No. <laughs> that he'd go be some and Pro Bowl level quarterback for a shitty team, and I think well, that, yeah, I I don't know. It's just some. It's just a matter of like the whole. It's not even just at this point. It's not about Rogers anymore. It uh, my factor, my thinking into this is the love situation because right. you did the thing of it's. We talked about it. The whole. I mean, we can it's going to be talked about for the end of time because whether it's trading him or whether it's when Aaron Rodgers moves on and love plays. And if he's not good, mm-hmm. it's going to be reflected as like, well, you wasted a draft pick on him. It's like, no, it's because Aaron Rodgers already looked like he was in decline. And then you draft a quarterback when any thought of, I know bigger name, Quarterbacks are going into free agency these days, but they don't normally go out there. And on top of that, they're not necessarily this, you know, magic, you know, salvation. Right. You don't find your franchise quarterback at free agency more often than not. Tom Brady is probably the biggest, you know, don't exception to that. Tell the Las Vegas Raiders that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just having some clarity in what direction, but that's, you can't do that when you have essentially signed over the future team to one person. Yep. Exactly. Anything else on Rogers? We'll probably have plenty more. And I think we will <laughs> at least next week and maybe a couple of weeks or something's, something's bound to go in the hopper, I guess. Absolutely. Rogers hopper. I'm sure something will happen <laughs> that I am without out um we do have one more topic we want to broach for you guys um thanks and shout out to our discord member pal he uh suggested and asked if we could do a 
uh, playoff preview with the style of can the mascots beat each other and what the Super Bowl looks like. So typical to like the old Eurostep um, episode they did with can the magic beat the sun. Um, we're going to do it with the NFL teams because I think this is actually a fun one this year. So um, I don't have it open for taking notes. I'll let remember. But we will go with just the normal um, way, like the normal bracket of styles, like the Chiefs and the Eagles will both get buys in their stuff. Always gets too annoying. Um, but I want to, we'll, 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 we'll entertain this idea for our, our lovely listeners that's having to suffer through Aaron Rodgers' talk. This is a fun, fun little bookend to this episode. Starting in the AFC, in the wildcard round. The Jaguars versus the Chargers. A bolt of lightning or a Jaguar? And That's I'll, a lightning. Bolt of lightning is what you're going for? Yeah, Mother Nature. Mother, I see, I don't always like taking Mother Nature. Because like, I feel like there's too many stuff. To, <laughs> it, gets, it gets so annoying. That yeah, but like, it's that unpredictability. Right. I want to see if there's like a Wikipedia entry for... Are we talking Jaguar the animal or Jaguar the cod? No free ads. <laughs> Jaguar the animal. <laughs> I'm trying to find the name, but I think it's going to take a little too long. Or a Fender Jaguar. That's a guitar. The Chargers first logo was had a horse on it. I was going to say there was a horse. They had that throwback one with the horse. Um, But they're called Bolts Up. Yeah. We'll stick with the lightning bolt. I think I'm going to say Jaguar for the sole purpose that lightning can't attack you. Lightning is random for the most part. Lightning random. No, where it strikes on Earth. Like if you have a metal rod and a conductor and everything, it's pretty predictable. But if it's just striking randomly in in the... uh, in the, in the world, I think the Jaguar can outmaneuver lightning. I'm saying this just to be a contrarian. I feel like we just had a fight that no one wins. <laughs> That's right. It's like there, there's lightning just like striking all everywhere, and a Jaguar just running around. That's right. Just like dodging. <laughs> it's a uh, draw. <laughs> yeah, great. We were first tied in the playoffs. <laughs> I guess that like, can be simple. And I really don't want to say lightning because it's the only one. That is Mother Nature based out of the entire group. Would your answer change if we're taking a horse? Yes, it'd be Jaguar. No. Oh no no no! Sorry, it would not change. <laughs> okay, my bad. If it, if it, I'm more certain in my opinion that if we're just taking like the horse bit, then yeah, it's definitely Jaguar. Yeah, yeah. I I would I would go to a Jaguar as well. Perfect. We're we're in agreement. Yeah. A a Bengal versus a Raven. This one's easy. Bengal. Bengal. Like Tiger, Tiger without a doubt. Um, <laughs> this one is really fun. A, a Buffalo Bill, so a bison, or a dolphin. Dolphins are mean, dude. They are mean. They are mean and they're smart. I don't know they're what. Witty. They're like, I will refrain from a joke. Um, Have, I'm going to get you off topic. Have you ever heard about the story about the time they gave a dolphin LSD? No, they wait. Ran, they ran a test to see. Is this a dollop thing? It is a dollop thing. Yes, I guess. 
<laughs> just say it for the listeners. Though. Yes. Uh, in history, they ran an experiment to see how a dolphin would react living in a uh, like a cohabitant with a human, and they gave the dolphin LSD and just like half flooded the house. And it's a crazy story. You should Google it and do your own research. It's hilarious. Um, back on the point, I think I'm taking bison for the only purpose that I don't know how a dolphin would kill a bison. Cause you know what you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the how do you how do you how do you get down to the nitty gritty and really get in there? All I, all you need though is that bison moments of water. I don't think you can navigate in water. That's 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 the thing. Dolphins will—they will murder a bison. They—they they would. Oh, I'm going so dolphin. I'll go dolphin. I'll go dolphin. Uh, NFC wild card: Buccaneer or a cowboy? This one's fun. Both have guns. Your buccaneer might have a cannon, though. That's what I'm thinking. Buccaneer has the navigating. Of a of understanding how to navigate the sea, I think a cowboy. Cowboy's got the lasso. He's got the like, lasso and the horse. Yeah. I just don't think they got the range. Buccaneers do. Like I think they just have the better um, artillery to get yeah. through a cowboy. Like it's a. There's so many different ways to attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Yep. You could attack from the sea, shoot a cannon ball, right? And then you get on the land, and you have your pirate knife. Exactly. Sword. <laughs> your scepter. Scepter. Um, so really Buccaneers nice. won that one. Um, this is a fun one. The Vikings or the Giants? Giant. And I, I'm thinking giant as in like an actual giant, not a, like it's purposeful. Andre? That's right. Not it's purposeful um skyscraper giant, which is what they're named after. Like I'm taking like an actual giant. Is that what they're I'm it's pretty- named after? I'm pretty sure it's like an allusion to the skyscrapers of New York. I'll Google it if you want to give your opinion for for Giants. Well, I'll take one Empire State Building over Leif Erikson. But it's Leif Erikson Day. Come on. <laughs> Is it? No. <laughs> Close though. Yeah, it is coming up. I think that we got we got multiple Google searches going. Leif Erikson Day is. October. No, it's not. Um, oh, that's I. I'm duh. They're named for the baseball giants, which is weird. So the football team is named after the baseball giants, according to. That cannot be right. Bleacher Report. Giants. Control F. Um. That would have been dead air. Hella, hella confusing when both teams are in the same city. Oh, hold on. Oop. Are you talking about the New York Giants, the, the baseball game, the team? No, I'm talking about the New York Giants, the football team. The New York football Giants. Um, I'm trying to find just like, I'm, listen, man, I'm, I'm too deep now. Tim Mara originally named the team after the National League baseball team who are a longtime favorite in New York. Well, yeah. At the what? So hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. It's it's a whole it's a whole thing. 
Himmar originally named their team after the National League Baseball Giants, who were a longtime favorite in New York. At the time, baseball was the king was the king of professional sports, so sports owner Tim Marr wanted, wanted the same name recognition in hopes that fans would support both clubs. Um, by the way, the baseball giants got their name from all the giant buildings that made up New York City. So I wasn't wrong. <laughs> I was that is the weirdest... Technically correct. I, I see the vision that Tim Marr had, and that he wanted the name recognition with, like, the, mm. with it. Like, it's, it's, it's stupid, but I see the vision. So, we no. got there. Sorry, you guys had to listen to a couple seconds of dead air there, but, um, yeah. So a building <laughs> or a Viking, but I think I'm more inclined to not take the building part and just do like a literal giant because this is a fake debate and I get to make the rules. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the Viking over tomorrow or whatever it is. Whatever I will take the Viking. Vikings scare the living hell out of me. So in a scene in the North, man. <laughs> a 49er, which is a uh, gold rush person, gold rush person, panned for gold, or a Seahawk. Um, Seahawk. Yeah, right side of history. I don't. I don't need a, a an old prospector. <laughs> what do they got? They got pots and pans. And they got pots and pans and strainers. They got little colanders. <laughs> no. All right. Not flying in my book. So. Um, if we're doing seeding, that means the Dolphins have to face off against the Chiefs um, in the divisional round. Dolphin versus an American Indian. Specifically, a Chief. I think the, the human has to get the, the right of way in this one. I would hope. I'd hope. Get rid of the Dolphin. Yeah. So, uh, Chiefs win that one pretty handedly. Um, Jaguar versus Bengal. Bengal. This is a fun one. I think my initial instinct is tight. Where is this happening? In the is jungle. this an octagon? It's no. a jungle. It's like a, it's like a natural thing. That's why like the bison and the in the in the water is a problem. Is it in Pokemon Stadium? It could be in Pokemon Stadium if you like it to. Thank you. Jesus. I think I'm initially going Tiger because they're bigger than the Jaguars. Like yeah, they significantly. Can with, they could withstand a Jaguar bite, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll go Bengal. I think Bengal's the way to go, but it's a it's an interesting one because like yeah. I think Bengals tigers can also climb trees, but like Jaguars are really good at climbing trees. And they're elusive. And they're elusive. Mmm. Mm. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shoot him. I think it's Bengal. <laughs> um. So then, a chief versus a Bengal tiger. Bengal. I think I'm going Bengal. I think it has to be. Okay. So the Cincinnati Bengals are your mascot representative in the AFC, in the Super Bowl. Um. The NFC side, we have the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, we have the Eagles against the Seahawks. Eagle versus Seahawk. This one is difficult because they're more or less the same thing. But I think let me see how big a Seahawk is. I need you to to, to That's a good question. Eagles too carry I know, you know, we live in the great state 
great state, great country of the U.S. of A. And the Eagles are, are uh, you know, national icon, symbol. So a Seahawk um, is a colloquial name for an osprey, which is a pretty big, osprey. A pretty big bird. Um, they, uh, they reach two feet in length, and their wingspan can get up to six feet in length. So we're essentially going eagle versus osprey. Yes. And I think I'm going osprey. Yeah, I, I think eagles get a, a higher reputation than they are afforded, right? Yes. yes. In part because they're in danger. Preach. Right? Yes. Say a lot of for the homies in the back. You got it, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I just think they, yeah. Let's go Osprey. Yep. Go on Seahawk. Um, which means the Giants. And... No, the Viking, I thought. Yeah, sorry. Vikings, Vikings versus Buccaneers. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm. Mm. I think this is the Buccaneers falling to the same um the same fate as the um the cowboys Sorry. what is a viking if not a swedish or uh not swedish nordic sorry, nordic buccaneer pretty much the same thing but i think one has guns and cannons is that the only difference i think like buccaneer is nothing for a pirate and yeah. it's, it's really what they are right is there's pirates so Buccaneers are like 1800s, 1700s ish Buccaneer pirates. So, cannons, wind sails, blunderbusses, rum. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Um, um, that guy whose wife took a poop on his bed. I can't think of his name right now. He plays Jack Sparrow. What's this? What the hell is his name? Giant Up. Giant Up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go Viking over Buccaneer. I think I want to do that too. I like it just because like Vikings are so like mythic, mythical in their description and in their um their history get, and their lore. Yeah, they get more regal. Yeah, I feel like pirates are just agents of chaos. That's what they are. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think that's the entire idea behind a pirate, right? Is they just no, they just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, Viking versus Seahawk. I think we have to go Viking. I can't. You can't. Why can't you? Why can't you? Is it because you know if you give the Vikings an entry into the Super Bowl that they will win? They will squander it because they have Kirk Cousins. Um, Maybe going up against whoever wins this goes up against the, the Bengals. The Bengals. So, needless to say, someone's losing. <laughs> not to not to be, play spoiler. I yeah, I guess it's Viking. Has to be Viking. I think it has to be those Ospreys though. Yep. 
They, so, they, I heard they're they are the agents of chaos in the bird <laughs> kingdom. So, playing in the Super Bowl this year are the Cincinnati Bengals and the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. Thank you. In the mascot uh, season, who Jordan do you think wins the Super Bowl? Bengals. A Bengal tiger or a Viking? Bengals. Now, I think we need to get into this a little bit. Wow. I think we need to get into this a little bit. Purely from the mascot standpoint, a Viking probably has an axe or some sort of sharp-edged tool to fight the tiger with. Probably has some sort of armor, right? Either leather-based or some little metal helmet. Are we sure the Bengal wins us? Are we sure? Because realistically, in our fantasy uh sort of thing we got going on here it really only takes like one good blow to a tiger in a critical spot to get its instincts not to be fighting anymore you know what i'm saying yeah he's got the reach i like he has a reach with whatever weapon he has i guess the it's the biggest um I'm trying to fast uh, look this up. It's dependent on how can a tiger do in the water? Because that's how the Viking would. I thought this was taking place in Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> See, okay, now if it's that, if we're talking about that, it's just going to keep charging. Bengals are just Bengal tiger. tiger. They can weigh up to 700 pounds, according to zoologist.com. And they run a 4.3440. <laughs> a tiger weight, a tiger's weight in pounds um, ranges from 143 to 633 pounds. So it's probably like an adolescent tiger to like the biggest tiger. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of man coming at you. It's not a man either. Nor a, it's a beast. It's a lot of meat, with a <laughs> with big, big voluptuous claws. Bengal tiger paws versus human hands. Viking hands. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't search that reliably. They're not oh, yeah. like so much bigger he says trying to play down the size of bengal tiger paws but they're pretty big i think i almost swayed you and i think you almost swayed me back and well also you remind me that uh it's a pokemon stadium so um <laughs> i think i yeah, still have I just... to go viking i think i still have to go viking oh man i'm looking at a picture right now <laughs> and there is an airborne tiger <laughs> With its paws like this, it's just plain, but they don't look like they're plain. These things are huge. You think? I think they're big. Ooh, uh, answer from Quora.com Could a tiger kill a human with just one swipe of his paw? And <laughs> this person whose little bio says studied mixed martial arts. Says yes, 
granted, such an outcome isn't certain. It depends on where the tiger hits you. But yes, it is absolutely possible for a tiger to kill a human with a single paw swipe or to inflict such grievous injuries that you bleed out later if you don't get medical attention. <laughs> I think they're, yeah. All you need is one. They have huge. Claws. Oh man, that picture is gross. Yeah, you yeah you see it. Now. Yeah, it's Bengal. It's, it's from Be- Wikipedia. It's- <laughs> That's how you know it's great. Yeah, uh, it's Bengal tiger. That's them playing too. That's that's Bengal tiger. That yeah. looks a human wearing a tiger costume. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, Vikings fans and Vikings themselves. That is scary. That that can Gar- me. Gary Anderson missed again. Oh, he's saw tiger. <laughs> He's a tiger. Don't you mean Gary Brett Maher Anderson? Blair Walsh. That was another one. Right? Yeah, that's another yeah. one. Brett Maher for the Cowboys since he missed like all those extra points on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Alrighty. Your 2023. <laughs> what Super Bowl is this? I f- actually forget. Super Bowl. So. I'll let you guess if you want to guess. That is actually a good question. Um, geez, 56? Close, 57. 57. Yep. Um, your winner of the Super Bowl 57 mascot Super Bowl. Cincinnati Bengals Tigers. That's it. Who day? Who day? Who day? They could win the Super Bowl by the end of this, too. They could. They'd be the first ever... Uh, Taco Tundra dual Super Bowl winning <laughs> football team. This is what that. you're fighting for, Joe Burrow. There's <laughs> real Chase. glory on the line. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, folks. That is it for us before we wrap up. Um, totally. A couple things to promote. First and foremost, um, as we have with the past couple past couple episodes, is join us over on Repod. We are really starting to garner a pretty great community over there um, with all the podcasts talking about, obviously, what we're talking about within the podcasts, talking about each of our respective teams, the Packers, talking to Tundra, cruising for bruising in the Brewers. All of these things are being discussed um, over there on Repod, along with Make Time for This with Adam and Andrew talking about all of the movies and albums and TV shows that there are, um, that they are just reviewing every week so go join us over on repod join repod.com slash talk of the tundra there you'll find jordan and i posting chatting with fans and listeners about uh the episode so please go help us out and join us over there um on the gspn winning six i believe is recording this week if i'm not mistaken jordan Still working out details. Uh, the Bucks are off for this weird oh, pseudo right. All Star break. Yeah. Um. We'll definitely try to. It honestly is going to be. I'm just putting this out there. It's going to be dependent on if there's something juicy enough to talk about for 45 minutes. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, that that's that is the the plan as of now. Of course, we love to record. So, um, Bucks, do your magic. I guess put out whatever you know stuff you want to put out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eurostep dropped today, Wednesday. So go check out Eurostep with Ty and Rohan. Um, I think Cruising is recording this week. I don't have a definitive date. I think it's you. coming out as if it's not out already. It's coming out th- today, Thursday. Mm, I think that is true. I think there's going to be 
some ire in the voice of one ire andrew talk about brian anderson the the baseball player not the announcer mm. they the the brewers signed him that's right um so yeah go check that go check out that new episode and then go check out my time for this um their latest episode came out uh i think what's today wednesday came out tuesday on the uh their first thoughts on hbo's last of us adaptation and mm. how that transferred or uh translated rather from the video game it obviously was created as to a uh tv show on hbo so a lot of great things happening on gspn go check them all out i heard uh the last of us they they got that naughty dog in them you know oh boy jordan (laughs) oh man hey with that fellow listeners we are once again grateful for your listening your listening ears and putting up with our jokes and (laughs) Uh, hooliganery, made up hooliganery. Of hooliganery. Uh, listening to mascots and discussing Aaron Rodgers' future. Thank you all so much mm. uh, for listening and joining us this season. Like I had said uh, last episode, um, keep checking us out. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Only five star ratings. Only. I'll read your review on <laughs> uh, on the episode. Should there be one? Otherwise, uh, Jordan, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.